2: I'm here, so... <laughs>
3: I'm Shea in Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddey, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have. I didn't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells me okay. to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw, like... Howdy. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kendrick Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I, I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Hey, yeah, 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 hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Great. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? <laughs> Vava. This is J Dub and I'm down to dunk. I've
4: been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlack, for part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend Mikele Barrett. Mikele, what's up?
0: Well, first of all, is the fact that we don't have um the intro threw me completely off, and B, it's good to be back on Monday. It's oh, great. It's awesome. Feels good. Not even a counter. Like it's one, two, three, go. It's a uh,
4: yeah. Okay, we're just going. Go. We're just going right into it. We're yeah. We're dumbing it down for YouTube just so people don't have to sit and wait for it. So, uh, thank you so much for tuning in on YouTube. If you're tuning in live, be sure to comment along in the chat, just like Ethan Tucker is right now, and someone called the guy. Sonic wow, Sonically guy. Bliss 11111. One, one. Uh thanks so much for tuning in. So the Thunder beat the Houston Rockets 123 to 110 in a very, very interesting game. In a game that looked like oh man, this looks like the last five times they played in Houston. Because they had lost five in yeah. a row in Houston. And they're down, I think, 14 in the second quarter, and you're just Head in, you're just you're just sitting here watching it like this, and you're like, "Why? Why is this happening? Like, this is like they're playing so bad. There's like no effort, and the Rockets are giving everything that they have. I mean, every yeah. ounce of energy and all of the physicality was coming from the Houston side, and the Thunder were just kind of going through the motions. And you're and you're just, it's like, why does this always happen in Houston? Because it seems to happen. Every time and then in the third quarter, they just woke up and they beat him thirty to twenty one and then they just just kept their foot on the gas mostly because of Chet who was insane in the fourth quarter. he said that he was doing his uh his best j dub impression <laughs> in the fourth quarter they beat him thirty six to twenty seven ended up being a great game Chet finished with twenty nine eight and seven, seven assists, a steal, three blocks, only two turnovers, only three fouls in 33 minutes, 11 of 16, five of eight from three. And with the five threes, he got over the hump with 100 threes. And he's now the first rookie in the history of the NBA to have at least 100 blocks and 100 threes. He's got well over, he's got 150 plus blocks, but to get over 100 threes, and he's got 25 games left. So yeah. like NBA history is just being shattered by him, and it will be. And Wembenyama has been doing stuff that's crazy too. Those two, you know, as much as we, and this is a, a Thunder problem and a Spurs problem and like a whole NBA problem. Like we have to try to tear you know one of them down to build one of them up, and I'm even part of the problem. Let's just face that. Um, they're generational players. Like these are like two generational bigs that unlike anything we've ever seen before. Yeah. And it's just really cool that they're both this good this early, and you just start to kind of think about what could they possibly be. Because we haven't – I mean, this is one of Chet's best games, and he really was playing well off of Shea. And you're like, man, what is – this is halfway through year one with these guys, and they're 40 and 17, (coughs) part of the way through year one. Like, what does this look like? In year two, what does this look like in year four? You know what what is going to happen when these Hang two on, actually no. get to play together?
0: Why are, you, why are you making this a two-man race? I mean, I know that they are the, the only two rookies, but um, in terms of future big man, there is also Alper and Schengen.
4: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shout, shouts, shouts. It
0: was so satisfying. Shouts. I had in my head that tweet. I don't remember even who tweeted um, this little table, like two columns, mm-hmm. uh, with um, on one hand uh Chet Hongen and on the other, Shengun, and it was a lot of like dots uh, or whatever, check check marks, like green check marks on on Shengun, and bad Xs, red right Xs on Chet Hongen. And in the fourth quarter, I was saying, wow this is this is so perfect. it has to be this way. It has to be like a moment where Houston like start to say, okay, here we are thunder again and then oh oh, oh no, oh no, no, no mm-hmm. the end
4: and it Sorry. was over pretty quick. yeah like Chet slammed the door in their face pretty quickly in that yeah. fourth quarter it I mean it was I, I my jaw was just on the floor at the beginning of that fourth quarter. I could not believe it. I mean, his his fourth quarter stats, 19 points, two boards, an assist, and a block, seven of seven from the field, three of three from three, hit both of his free throws. I mean, he was as perfect as he could have been in the fourth yeah. quarter. It was, it was crazy. The threes just consistently just falling. And from different places, too. You know, like one yeah. from the corner, one from the right wing, one from the left wing. I mean, it just didn't matter. There was just no stopping him in this game.
0: He's just a shooter. He's just a very good shooter. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, he can legitimately go for 50-40-90 in uh, in a couple of seasons where when he starts to make his free throws with a little bit more regularity, I think that uh, the reason why he's not there is because he takes just – Random free throws, not really like five, six, seven per game. Otherwise, it would be there. I think, and I mean, um, this morning while I was recording Thunder After Dark with John, I said, "Oh, me and Andrew, we were joking at in um, during the draft coverage. Can he be the best player in the th- uh, on the Thunder?" And then we saw Shea and uh, Dob like taking a huge leap. Can we say that we are not entirely sure that this is out of the question today? I mean, it's unlikely because Shay is an MVP candidate and to have like another one in the pipeline is extremely unlikely. But it's like twenty-nine, eight, and seven. Like, what are we talking about? It's it's just it's just another level. And I mean, the fact that he had maybe 15 20 days where it was not the best version of himself and for the rest of the season he was basically an all-star mm-hmm. like it's it's just um it's just perfect and another comment that I made this morning uh, and I'm sorry if someone uh, already listened to that podcast and uh, re-listened to this uh, as well uh, like Michael clampit on the on the chat who clearly uh, listened to that podcast um I think that that unit that played the fourth quarter with Kaysen, uh and or Wiggins plus Giddy plus Chet plus uh, Gordon Award and Dub tried to take the ball from J hands and put him in uh, Giddy's, mm-hmm. and the spacing was there, the ball was flowing, and even if Giddy was not perfect uh, on offense, I think that um, that unit worked. Yeah, and I think that this is some it, it worked because Chet Holmgren was just uh, decisive, and he was opening the the court from from everybody else, and yeah. and if you have like a Dub efficient night because it, it took like twenty two shots not not like a, a low amount, this can be a blowout just mm-hmm. just a thirty point game or something mm-hmm. like that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thought they played played it really well, and I thought you know they they were ready to play the Rockets with the way they used Josh, because he wasn't just this guy sitting out on the perimeter. Waiting for the ball, you know, sitting there wide open, not knowing what to do. They used him as a screener. He moved throughout the defense, and he found different spots. I mean, his when have we seen a a stat line like this from Josh? I mean, this is is a very unusual stat line: two points, nine boards, five assists, three steals, and a block. I mean, and one of five from the field. Like he didn't shoot the ball well, but he was basically just not asked to be the scorer. He was asked to be a facilitator. He was asked to be kind of a mover of the offense. And he didn't, it's not like he played a ton either. He played 23 minutes in this game, but I thought it was one of the better uses of him where he can kind of be this like multi-skilled guy. That's not necessarily like with the ball in his hands, like doing everything or a guy sitting on the perimeter. You know, that's, that's been the problem and, you know, shout out to the Rockets for giving this look to the Thunder early on in the season. Because yeah. had they just gotten it today, or had they just seen it for the first time, like if they played the Timberwolves in the playoffs, and the first time they saw it was Gobert doing it, I mean, they would yeah. be kind of screwed. But the yes. fact that like the coaching staff, and this is part of why I was like, let's just kind of be patient. And, and it may not still work out with Josh. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work out no. with Josh or not. But what I can say is that they're figuring some stuff out on how to use him because I think a lot of like fan solutions are well, just don't play him. Like you don't even have to play him at all.
0: Well, that is a solution, but it's a solution that has very low upside. Yeah. Like you can always in a in a series uh, when the game really counts uh, and when you have like a binary result, either you win or you don't. Um, in the regular season, it's that, but you you have a lot of games and you have like you have a cushion.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, against many teams, um, we've seen it like yesterday, not yesterday, the last game against the Clippers, they just sit him immediately in the for, in the third quarter, because they, uh, like they, they knew that they needed something else. And, and I think that in the playoffs, you can do that even for an entire series. But right now you need to be hundred percent sure that you tried everything. Mm-hmm. Cause if you punt mm-hmm. that there was really no upside. I mean, uh, it's, people will look into that unit and say, okay, if we surround Giddy with the right amount of shooters, um, maybe he can be a good player. Mm -hmm. I mean, San Antonio can think that Mm -hmm. and can maybe offer something in the, um, in the summer to say, okay, uh, it's clearly not working for you. Do you want X player for Giddy? I mean, you need to try to maximize whatever you have. And maybe maybe it will not be a trade. It will be an extension. And maybe in, in two years you have Cody Williams being on the team for some reasons. And he is the perfect fit with the starters. And he mm-hmm. really gives you something else, like the perfect fit. And then you and then you move on. But until now, I mean, it's it's not that starting Isaiah Joe will change the way in which the regular season go. It may change how a playoff series go. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sure that Dignal will be using that if needed. I I don't have any doubts about that. Maybe it'll be Gordon Hayward, even if right now it doesn't seem the case.
4: Yeah. And and with all, I mean, they have options. I mean, that's the whole thing. And I, and I think it's, it's just important to me that we get to see Josh in a position where he can thrive a little bit more. And it's not like, I mean, thriving. I mean, he's, he's just helping the team, you know, scoring two points for him is probably not thriving. But I just saw him working in different actions where it's like, oh, okay, that's good. Like, I can see, like, this working, you know. And as far as, like, Hayward goes, like, he's... This is going to be a process to kind of get him back into game shape, to get him kind of more familiar with the team. He's played 40 minutes total, you know, since yeah. he's been on the team. He's taken zero threes since he's been on the team. You know, there's... There's a, still a lot to find out about him. He's not shot the ball well. He's passed it okay. He's rebounded pretty... Actually, like, okay, too, in his minutes. He defended well enough. And defends well enough. And he's he also spaces the floor. You know, we'll, we'll see how effective he is, you know. But this is all new for him, too. When we're talking about rhythm and, like, the way that you play, Gordon Hayward's not used to playing 12 minutes in a game. And... That's it. He's used to playing double that, you know, double plus that. You know, that's... So, I mean, it's it's an adjustment. I'm not willing to make a call on any of it at this point. And the thing that's hard to remember because this team is so good is, like, how young they are and how much things are going to change over the next, like, couple years with this team that I think that it's so good that... The Thunder have the front office and the ownership that they do that they're willing to be patient because I think a lot of yep. teams would see this kind of success and they will immediately want to Brian Colangelo this thing, you know, and just like hit the gas, trade for this guy, trade for that guy. Let's go, you know, and maybe there's some cases where that is the right thing to do, but I still think like you just want to see it. And that's kind of where this is headed.
0: yeah, can I can I um, piggyback on that a little bit mm-hmm. and just say something more that um, will bring us back just two and a half months. In the middle of December, we were all focused on, can this team get Morgan? And JDAP was playing well, but not this well. Do you really think? I know that you don't, but like for our listeners, Remember where you were at that moment and say, oh, wow, it would be amazing. But if you have Mark and on the team, J-Dub and Chet will not get the same opportunities. Yeah, And we may not see the two, two games in a row where both Dub and Shea um, make 30. Mm-hmm. Um, they almost did Chet and Shea last mm-hmm. night. I mean, these things, if you have another player like that, they will not work as well. I mean this is why even if this team is ready um they have to go through their first run together and see what happens. They deserve that. They really deserve to be the guys that will just take the whatever the regular season gives them and bring it to the postseason and try to to get the most. Will they be eliminated in the first round? Right. We'll take it from there. Mm-hmm. They they deserve the chance to be um, to to play that, to be to own that, to just own whatever results it comes, and then you can you can start discussing adjustments and and whatever. Um, these these I really think that this crew needs that.
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we do have a super chat over here from L. Sombra Reggio7, who says, did you see Thunder Focus's X thread of teams with 8-plus net ratings? Since 97, 26 teams had 8-plus net ratings. 10 of the 26 won the title. 12 of 26 made the finals. 21 of 26 made the conference finals. Only 5 were bounced early. Uh, Then he has another one. The Math says teams with a net rating of plus 8 or above have a 38% chance of winning the title, 46 percent chance, I'm making the finals 80% chance of making the conference finals. And OKC has a net rating of plus 8.1. So, yep. I mean, the stats like point to and have been pointing to for a while that this is not just a normal team, that this is a contender and a team that can really make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, they're 8.2 after that game yesterday. The the, the the number that I think a lot of like people in the NBA look to is even lower than that, that it's a plus six, mm-hmm. is like a contender status team. And if you look at who the teams are in the NBA right now, there's only three teams that have a plus six. It's the Timberwolves, Thunder, and Celtics. I think there's probably more contenders than that. You know, the the Nuggets won the title last year and they did not have a net rating there. There There's only actually one team with a plus six net rating last year. It was the Celtics. And the Nuggets won it with a 3.3 net rating, which I think is probably a little bit more unusual. Um, Yes. But it's a good point that the plus eight is even like the next level up. You know, because it, it's hard to distinguish yourself in this NBA. It's really, really hard with the way that people talk about the Knicks and the Cavs and the Clippers and the you know the Nuggets. Even I mean, all those teams are less than six. The Knicks are four point six. The Clippers are four and a half. Nuggets are four point one. You know, the Suns. People talk about the Suns title contender plus three point one. People talk. I mean, the, the talk about the Mavs right now. Talk about the Mavs through the roof! Oh, well, they're plus one. Yeah. So to distinguish there yourself, they can the be whole,
0: extremely dangerous. Oh yeah, they can be dangerous
4: game. for sure. But to distinguish yourself the entire season, that number, like that plus eight, just it doesn't lie. How, however, yeah. the playoffs are different. The playoffs are different, and the Thunder have not. However, yes. They have not been there yet. And so I want to caution myself before I say, yeah, they're making the conference finals. Like, let's let them win a game together. Let's let them win a series together before we're just, like, ready to just jump to that expectation. Because it, the numbers indicate that we we could jump to that. But we also have to understand that the playoffs are a different beast. And it is, it is really, really tough. And the, and the teams that did have the best net ratings last season, didn't even make it to the finals. Like yeah. didn't even make the finals.
0: Yeah, and it can be that depending on who you're facing, you will face different difficulties. Um maybe some will be, hey, I'm playing the T-Wolves, which will not happen in the first round, bearing some like catastrophic stuff from either team. And it's hey, I'm 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 facing the best defense. And when the best defense plays hard in the playoffs free throws are so hard to come by that i mean we need to we need to find avenues to be different uh, when we face those teams um she will not have the same impact so how do we how do we get that impact back maybe it's facing lebron and and Anthony davis and even if we love in the nba i would not i would not like to face those two guys in a playoff setting when they know exactly how to leverage whatever it's it is to leverage in a in a, um, in a playoff environment. Uh, and maybe it's the series where, where they do so and, and then losing in the next round. Um, same with like facing Luca and Kerry. They can go extremely hot. And then maybe you see that what what you really need is either J Dub to taking a step forward and be the three four stopper or you just need someone that can stay one-on-one with bigger guards, bigger, taller ball handlers. So like, there will be very different uh, difficulties that this team will face, but they have to start facing those. Uh, Mm -hmm. They did some in the regular season because I think that uh, it's clear that nobody is taking OKC lightly. They actually scheme for them every single night. They play hard against them. As much as like OKC did to opponents last year in January, where they were playing so freaking hard that everybody was just confused, like everybody is doing that to, to OKC because this is when you're good, when you're great, everybody wants to take you down. So they faced some of these adversities, but t- like but facing a guy like Tyloo, which every single game will have something new for you that you have to account for, or just I don't know, whatever um it's it's going to be different and and i really want to see that Uh, i can't wait because this will be that will be probably one of the most exciting basketball that we will witness this season
4: yeah i also think that the thunder can put out there lineups that nobody else can and that nobody else can deal with and it really all kind of starts with the fact that you can play chet at center. And then yeah. you can put everybody else around them, because then every, you can put lineups out there where everybody can dribble, pass, and shoot. Everybody, and you feel yeah. comfortable and you feel good about it. And you feel comfortable with it, and it really messes with the way that teams want to defend. And teams are not. And I'm going to play this clip here in a second of email doka talking, but the fact that teams and and some of it is like they want to scheme around Josh and you we had the Thunder have enough guys where if it is working for teams to scheme around him, you just don't play him. You just don't play him. And then what? And we saw what happened yeah. against the Clippers. And whenever they put Isaiah Joe in there, I think like started to really tilt the Thunder's way. And then the Thunder did find lineups that they could put, you know, Josh in at the end of there. And it really like helped them a ton. Cause he's playing against second units. And so I think that like, there's yeah. some magic there that they can uh, kind of capture but a lot of it does start with the fact that they can play Chet at center, and he really kind of messes with the way the teams want to defend. Here, here's a, a clip of Imi Uduaka talking um, at the post-game yesterday.
2: I'm sure you wanted closeouts on Holmgren. Is that just a tough adjustment for a big man to make to know he's got to get 25 feet out?
3: Uh, Yeah, somewhat. I mean, he hurts teams because of his pick-and-pop ability, but for the most part, he wasn't – Alpey wasn't on him that much. We we had them on different matchups. So, um, you know, we're we're trying to switch a lot, and what we did well in the first meeting against him was take away his pick-and-pops with that, with the switching. Um, They tried to go small and and put put Alper in in a tough position, so he was on him a little bit there, and I think – just getting lost off ball a few times, to your point, and, and especially after free throws. Uh, got flare, gave up some flare screen threes, but for the most part, as much as we can, we try to keep Alperin off him. Um, and then they went small, and we didn't make a pay on the other end with Alperin.
2: That was an adjustment, I guess, they made because you had Alpion Giddy, mm-hmm.
1: especially after the first time. You kind of know that's coming.
3: Yeah, and we have other candidates to put Alpion as well. So um, a little, some miscommunication when we brought in some subs. and. Uh, we didn't want Alpern on him on one of the threes late. Uh, But yeah, we have a few guys that we're comfortable putting Alpern on and making them prove it.
4: So so this is like, not only just like a rockets thing, but it's, it's something that I think teams in the future when they play the thunder are going to have, they have to make decisions, you know, and Mm -hmm. some of like the immaturity, like defensively of the rockets showed quite a bit there, especially in the second half. And they played like very, very physical, but they also just were not very sharp, and yeah. that showed against the Thunder there. But I'm just curious, like your your thoughts on some of Ime's comments about the way they defended Chet.
0: Alpi, we all love Alpi. Wow, amazing! Um Yeah, I think that uh, Shengun is has difficulties playing defense in space. He can be a decent rim protector. And I think that when Ema says we have other candidates to put Alpi um, on, Alpi, wow. Um, it, it, may be, it may be guys like Kenneth Williams, which I don't think is a good matchup uh, for him. Um, like Going small with Kenny was just um, a glimpse, mainly because of that. I think that Jalen Williams um, is a candidate, of course. And also Lou Dort. It helps when Lou Dort is this version of himself like the one would, that maybe makes a mistake in the entire game like taking a tree a little bit too early while he could like just use the possessions a little possession a little bit better that is the only mistake that he, he made awesome. in the entire game
4: he was so awesome yesterday yeah
0: yeah exactly if, he, if if you have that kind of Lou dort for opponents it becomes so difficult mm-hmm. think about the game against Minnesota where Lou had very good looks, and he just missed them, which mm-hmm. happens in a one-game uh, analysis. If it was like uh, last night, Lou Dort, that game is a win for, for the Thunder, and that strategy looks very dumb, because Lou Dort is for the entire season, a 40-plus percent three-point shooter, mm-hmm. and he's playing exactly the role that uh, you thought he could play, and I thought he couldn't, because of the shot selection and, and just the lack of improvement from the three-point line. Now, um, I think that when you have a play, a player like Alpi, um you have to make compromises. and and when you when you're not sharp enough, then those compromises are going to ruin you um on both ends, because I think that the uh, is right. Um, is right. Uh, they didn't use Shengun as well as they could because they started playing, uh, I think it's later in that clip when I said that they started playing one on one too much without really leveraging their advantages. I mean, um, I said it again this morning with John that when Jalen Green started to go one-on-one, I said, nice. This is so nice. I Thank really hope you. that it continues because, Thank you. yes, it can happen that Jalen Green go, goes supernova. And you know what? If he goes eight out of nine from three, great. You lose the game. It happens. I mean, it happens. Um, but most nights they're not. Like playing one-on-one against the OKC defense is not the way to beat that defense. And 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 yeah, this is what happened. And and the, the block of the night was just Chetongan waiting from Dylan Green. Uh, he tried to like to to circumnavigate him and Chet was just there staring and saying, no, no, that's that's really not enough. I'm here and you'll not score. So I think that um again when you have a player like Shangun, you need to you need to have him um in um in a setting on offense where he's dominant. And if you if you just use him as a random big on offense and you ask him to play in space defensively, then it's then it's a disaster. And it's similar to Vucevic. Like, if yeah. you use Vuce as a mismatch, he can be extremely helpful defensively. And you can, uh, sorry, offensively. And you can build like a normal defense. Billy Donovan did uh, with Vuce as your center. But if you don't play to his strengths, um, then it's uh, then it's tough, a tough sell. And last night, that was on display.
4: Mm-hmm yeah I think we're we're just seeing the thunder kind of scratch the surface of being able to use chet as a way to just gain so many mismatches and it's gonna yeah. get better like these players are gonna get better they're gonna get better at it they're gonna figure things out and it, you know the roster's gonna change over time too you know things are gonna look different in a couple of years uh, so it's I just think that it's it's crazy that this is this is maybe like the worst version of the Thunder that we'll see for a while. You know, and they're am- yeah, and they're really, really good. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And they're amazing. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And speaking of like adjustments and stuff like that, I think that was something cooking with Isaiah Joe. He's yeah. playing so little that I don't really understand it. And I think that this could be something that we could see at some point magically in the playoffs says okay Isaiah 30 minutes a night yeah and that's that's it um because he's he's really not playing enough given the the way in which he plays in general he's good in defense he is a constant constant threat from anywhere on the on the floor he can he can take shots from the logo and probably hit them at a 30 plus (laughs) percent clip (laughs) so like, what are we talking about? Why he play, He takes like two, three shots? Um, I think that this is sort of by design. They are not playing him in crucial lineups unless they really need to. And this is something that can be like a playoff move where, yeah, this is what we are, and now try to guard us.
4: Yeah. You, you wonder if they showed their hand a little bit against the Clippers starting him in the second half, you know, and just... Like, seeing what that looks like. Because it's not just his three-point shooting. It's not just the spacing. It's his ability to... He's just a really smart basketball player because he can find seams in the defense and cut. You know? He is. He like can a... throw
0: like you better than Giddy. Oops. I said that. Yes, it's true. Okay.
4: Yeah, it's probably true. And better than Hayward, too, apparently. <laughs> after the After the other night... Uh, Mark after the Clippers game was like, man, we got to work on our lobs. It's, it's yeah, talking about how bad they were with their lobs. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I there's there are some levers to pull. There are some things that they can do with the, with this roster come playoff time that they're not necessarily doing night to night here with this team. I mean, they could just start Joe. Yeah, and then bring Giddy off the bench. And I think if you did it now, teams would be like, "Oh, okay." If you just did it randomly in a game five, it's tied two two. You're going, let's say they're coming back home, and it's tied two two. You're playing the Lakers, and you start Isaiah Joe, and they've just been yeah. like defending the this, you know, giddy with starting a lot. If you throw in Isaiah Joe, it's like, oh, okay, like that's a huge adjustment for the other team. Well, now, like, yeah. what do we do? here and here and then you put Gideon you know with the second unit and he's surrounded by shooters and he's just throwing dimes left and right it's like now like now what it's it, you don't want to just show everything you got throughout the entire yeah. season you know cuz yeah you need to
0: try it a bit but you don't need to show your hand yeah. like entirely and why it has to be the lakers why why can't it be like i don't know someone else why are
4: you scared of the lakers
0: uh i just think that they 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 have stuff that can create issues to okc they have lebron james and okc doesn't really have a lebron james stopper um they have the perfect guy who will not suffer chat on offense nor on defense which is um anthony davis and they they have like good good perimeter defenders they they can throw vando for 15 minutes at shea and tire him out um i don't know i I generally don't want to play the Lakers.
4: I think it'd be fun. I think they'd beat them.
0: Sure, if you think so. I think so. I, I'm, you're a pro, you're a like optimistic guy.
4: I I don't. I, I would like to see the Thunder arrive on the playoff stage and play a team like play a team that has like a Titan, you know, and for them to yeah. be, and for them to beat that team. 'Cause like if they beat the Pelicans in round one, like that would be cool. I mean, it'd be be great for them to just get to round two. But like if they beat the Lakers or the Warriors or something like that, you know, it would feel it feel different, I think. Yeah. And they would be on A B C too, which would be also, sure. also cool. And to not be the I mean That
0: might swing my judgment if I if you guarantee me that it is like like Breen, like commending those, I would actually, I would actually allow whatever. Yeah, and, and
4: like honestly, like I know that they've got this great net rating. They got, I mean, I just I don't think they're gonna win it all this year. I think they have the potential to win it all in the next like few years. Like absolutely, they do. You know, I I would love to just see them arrive on the stage and play like a team that's gonna put them on ABC and for them to go out and beat them because I think they could yeah do they it. can do
0: that in the second round <laughs> they can do like Clippers in the second round that that would be actually a great 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 second round matchup
4: isn't that interesting I mean the Clippers I was talking to just Clippers beat writers before the game and like both from from our company Law Murray and then I was talking to the guy from ESPN and they were both like yeah I think the Thunder are going to kill them tonight and I was like, are you, like, why are you saying that? And like, they just struggle against young teams. Like, young, athletic teams. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, that is really interesting. Because, like, the Clippers are, they're really, that's a really good team. Like, they're really stacked. Yeah. But, I mean, that would be, that would, I mean, there are some titans on that team, man. PG, yeah. Kawhi. I mean, to to beat the team that has Russ and Harden on it. You know, Russ, Russ may be one of the key reasons why they would win that series just because he's, I mean, It's. I mean, it's just not been good. I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just going to, I, I cannot, I just cannot wait for the day where I'm like getting ready to go to the arena for an NBA playoff game with the Thunder in it again. Like, I just cannot wait for that day. Like, I am so, so excited. I, I, at the end of like I don't really care who the opponent is I'm just ready to see playoff basketball back in OKC I'm so so excited and the, and the, that it's this team who I mean it's one of this is one of the most fun basketball teams to watch like period in the league yes you know yes and that is
0: not debatable
4: the way they play the way they share the ball the way they defend the personalities you know all the all the barking and stuff after the game I mean there's just like so much to enjoy about this team. And I just cannot wait to see them like start to put it together in in playoff basketball and to see like, what does Mark Degnall do? How does he make adjustments, you know, throughout a series? You know, what does that look like? You know, we haven't been, able, we haven't been able to see that. Like, I just, I cannot wait for it. I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be so much fun and it's, and this is just the beginning. Like, this is the beginning of what could be an incredible run of years in Oklahoma City again with this team. And I just, I, I'm so excited to just be able to be there on, on the front end of it. Um, a series with, with Dallas would be cool, too. You know, it would be, it'd be a tough, hard-fought series. I think it would be really interesting, though. You know, I know Dallas. so
0: much whining, so much like pointing the finger and stuff, Dude, like that. Dude,
4: Alpe, Alpi, Alpi's doing this so much last night. Just so yeah. much finger twirling after everything. Yeah. He just looked over. He does this. He has this hands. I don't know what what is this. The hands go up really high, and the and the arms, the hands are out like this. I mean, it's just I don't know. I've never done that motion in my life. It's you know not a mean? tray.
0: It's not like you bring a tray, but it's like, how can this happen?
4: I know, but it's it just seems like too high. You know, like if I'm like, how does this happen? My arms are out like this. I don't know he's it's just really it's close. Like,
0: it's like uh how did this happen and then Mamma Mia, something like that in
4: between. <laughs> it is. I don't know. I don't know what this yeah, it's is. A,
0: it's uh a whatever. No, I don't know. Yeah. I, I have no idea.
4: Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Um, Okay, let's take a quick break. Then we're just going to talk about Chet Holmgren for like three hours. We'll be right back.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right.
4: And we're back after that quick break. So, Chet, first rookie ever to have at least a hundred threes and a hundred blocks in a season, and it's we're not even, you know, we still have twenty five games left. I mean, it's it's crazy. He his actual totals. He's almost at a thousand points. He's nine hundred and seventy four points. He's got one hundred and fifty one blocks, one hundred and fifty four assists. He's got thirty nine steals, and he's got. 100 made threes yeah I mean it's is insane what he's been able to do in his very very young NBA career
0: yeah it is and I mean I think that, that we are just scratching the surface of what he can do offensively I mean he he likes to dribble a lot and last night he, he lost a few of those because like you, you don't want to really triple against Van Um, But, but apart from that, I think that the shooting, we're just seeing a marginal, not saying marginal, uh, it's it's just a tiny, tiny uh, picture of what he can be in the future, because I think that the shooting can be way more than that, not in terms of percentages, it's, it's not going to be way more than 40 and change percent from three, but it's he can shoot from anywhere. And I think that OKC is not using him that way. Mm-hmm. I think that for a reason, because when you have Giddy, you don't want to have Chad on the mid-post. Yeah. But if you have like five shooters uh that can surround Chad and you play him at the elbow, I mean, like good luck with that. Mm-hmm. If you if you have him at the at the at the elbow where he can just take a fade away against basically everybody, um or and or just pass the ball to a wide open shooter, like try that and let me know. Because this is where Dirk was just magnetic, and yeah. the defense had to adjust, had to double, had to do stuff like push him out of that position, being physical and whatnot. And Chetty is not really doing that yet, but I think that he has them. He has those shots in him. He can be like a very efficient mid-range shooter. Um, and I know that the, the the mid-range jumper has just been forgotten from like from the majority of the people including anthony edwards who doesn't want the um the jimmy's um whatever but if you are if you are like a 48 49 50 percent mid-range jumpers that is an extremely valuable shot because Mm -hmm. like defenses will have to adjust to you same way that they do to shea shea is not like it's more efficient from three than from two for sure uh but it's to have that shot as as a counter that is of immense value And and again, I think the Chet will use that going forward.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Chet recorded 29 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, three blocks against the Rockets. Kevin Durant is the only other Thunder player to register those numbers. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. That is absolutely crazy. And then the Thunder hit 40 wins before 20 losses, which is Phil Jackson's contender rule uh, last night. Uh, They only have 17 losses. Last season, when did they reach seventeen losses last year? December? Yeah, December fourteenth. Yeah. They reached seventeen losses December fourteenth. We're February twenty sixth. We're almost a March. Yeah. And that's the amount of losses that they have. I mean, it is it is pretty crazy that they're that they're already there. So it's Yeah. They
0: really- reached like seventeen losses two months. After and they reached 40 wins two months earlier.
4: Yeah. That's
0: a symmetry balance. Amazing.
4: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's true. And they were 11 and 17. Yeah. When they had 17 losses last season. Elev- they were 11 and 17. They still ended up getting 40 wins, but they didn't hit 40 wins until April 9th last year. Yeah. Like that's when they hit 40 wins. You know, we're in February. February 25th, they hit 40 wins. I mean, this is, it's it's a crazy jump. I mean, the jump from the 21-22 season to 22-23, was, it was wild. It was wild. I mean, it didn't take them very long at all to get to 17 losses. December. Well, it was about the same amount of time, actually. It, it, that's what's kind of crazy, is that it was December 10th when they hit 17 losses. You know. In 22? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember us discussing that the season was felt different, but looked, by the numbers, very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of winning and losses, Kitty was not playing well, and Dub was just starting to, uh, to get into a groove. Um, so yeah, it, it happened later. And this is why Presty was so cautious, I think, mm. um, saying that they played basically a good month, a good month and a half, which actually was the case. But it was way closer to how they are playing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the blueprint. That was OKC basketball. Then they lost themselves because, again, uh, you need time to solidify habits and stuff that you do on the court to a certain degree. And now they are playing at full strength um, almost every night. That It still happened that they have a bad game. Pistons, Mavs, it happens. Oh. Um,
4: but they don't have extended bad stretches. I mean, last season, I think they had six stretches where they lost three or more games in a row and you know, they started yeah. the game they started the last season they lost three in a row then they won four and then they lost four in a row and then there's like one two three there's like a five game losing streak in here i mean it happened six times where they lost at least three in a row last season it hasn't happened once this year
0: yeah and the last five times that they they lost the game they also lost the other the, the next one they lost just in couple. It's weird.
4: It is weird. One, two, three, four times that they've done that. Four times, yeah. Yeah, that is bizarre. Where they it lose, is bizarre. they lose two in a row, and then they win. Yeah, it's only happened one, two, three, four, five times where they've lost a game, then they immediately win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this they just. The resiliency of the team—I mean, that's a word that I hear Mark say all the time, and it sounds maybe cliche or just kind of like okay, whatever. But I mean, it's true. Like, there's like some true resiliency that exists within this team. You know, and a lot of it is the consistency of Shea. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean the, I mean you're going to get the thirty-one, five and six with two steals like every night. Like that's what you're getting from him every night, no matter what. You know J Dub can be a little bit up and down. He'll he'll have some like big big games and then he'll have some games where he's it's not.
0: just normal. <laughs> he's just a normal player. It's a normal, normal.
4: second year player.
0: Normal great
4: player. Yeah, like, a, a normal great second year is, player. Yeah,
0: Shea is the anomaly. It's. Fun yeah. that it's funny that we 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 spent like what 45 minutes and 33 seconds discussing last night's game and chad hongan and uh, ludor that was great and hayward like hairballing shots and <laughs> and Isaiah joe being the swiss army knife and i'll be i'll be here i'll be there and it all among all these shea made 36 yeah on 23 shots which is like how how is he that good against basically everybody everybody basically ever like all the time he's just walking 30 point efficient 30 points and Mm -hmm. if you like there, there there has been scores like demar being like yeah um he he'll get his and like you can count on his scoring but to being this efficient like this is not this is the the abnormality like guys that that can hit 30 i mean you you can you can go back to russ in, in his mvp season he was getting 30s but how like it's not the same it's really not the same it's 23 shots and 36 points on probably 29 shooting possessions yeah this is insane efficiency it's just like what can you do like, what can you do better than this? It's it's just insane. Maybe, maybe KD in the 2014, 2015. I was saying with John, that is who reminds me of in terms of efficiency and just being consistent.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Russ's season was so stupid. The 16-17 season was so insane. Yeah. That Denver game, like we talk about all the time. Do you know what, his stat, you know what Russ's stat line in that Denver game was?
0: I think he scored 40.
4: 50, 16, and 10. Yeah. 50, 16, and 10 against Memphis. He sold.
0: He sold to a devil that season. <laughs> he must it have. Never, it was never I mean, the same.
4: He must have. I mean, there are some just bonkers talents. Against Portland in a loss, he had 58 points.
0: Oh, and no, how many shots, though?
4: 63. I'm just kidding. He had 39.
0: Yeah, it's still it's still good enough efficiency. Don't get me wrong, Russ in that season was just very good to a lot of a lot of mat- metrics, but yeah. it was like probably a fifty-eight percent through shooting and maybe fifty low fifties in terms of efficient effective field goal. Um, Shea's yeah. way above sixty.
4: Oh yeah, Shea is. I mean, he is one of the most efficient players in the NBA. Like, period, and like. Yeah, Kevin is Kevin is like one of one of like the comps, I think. Like let me look up his 14 15 year. Cause it was or th- was it 13-14? 13-14? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Yeah,
4: 13-14. Yeah, he didn't take more than 34 shots the whole season. Kevin didn't. Yeah. And he was like not playing with Russ for a majority of it. Yeah. He he his his season high. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he had 54 points on 28 shots. Yeah. One game that season. I mean, it's, he's, Kevin was unbelievable. He had 30 or more points, 40, let's see, what is that, 41 times? I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And, and Shea is, is on his way to doing more than that. And this is a different era of scoring and, All of all of that, but I mean, this this is the kind of guy that you just like dream about building your team around. In Shea, he's unselfish. He defends. He's consistent. I mean, it's it is crazy what he has been able to do this season. Because I mean, he's had he's had like a few games where he just hadn't shot the ball well, but. He had the one game against Denver that was just, it is almost like unimaginable that it will ever happen to him in his prime ever again, that he will score seven points in a game. I mean, that was like one of the yeah. weirdest games ever. Um, then against Dallas and that just stinker of a game, you know, 17 points against the Clippers and another stinker, 19. And then he had 20 or more in all but three games. And then he's yeah. just – I mean, he has he's had the most 30-point games of anybody this season. He scored 43 twice, 43 other times. I mean, just the consistency of Shea, where he doesn't have to have – I mean, he, the, his season high in shots is 30. He did that against Golden State. Um,
0: it was like, an OT game, right?
4: Um, was it? That was it. Was at home where they won Didn't by know. two. Yeah, they won by two. Uh, the OT game, he said 30, he had twenty nine shots and had yeah and had scored forty in that one. But you know he's he's really just hovering around twenty shots a game, eighteen shots a game, and he's scoring thirty and he's making it look easy. And he is an outrageously good teammate. He's he's the leader of this team. I think he's been the second best player in the NBA next to what Embiid was doing. And now Embiid's not able to play. And I, I have said it many times. I think he should win the MVP. I think there's a good chance that he wins it and he deserves every bit of it. And he is continuing to get better. And he's the exact kind of player that you want to build your franchise around. And it is a crazy blessing that they got him in that Paul George trade I mean, oh my gosh! I mean that I could think about it. Like the Thunder would still be in pretty good shape had they not gotten Shea. Like they would maybe be the a kind of team like the Magic are right now. You know where yeah. it's like this is a good team. Like wow, look at this good young scrappy team. And you got like J Dub and Giddy and Chet kind of leading the way. And I know that things will look completely well, different.
0: Well, if they don't have Shea, they will probably be in the race for Wemby.
4: They may have been. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, honestly, you just don't know. I mean, honestly, the whole timeline changes. Like, everything. You can wipe all of it away if Shay's not on the team, if you, like, butterfly affect this team. But, like, the fact that they have him is is franchise-altering and potentially league-altering for a long time because of what he is and the character that he's displayed as the leader of this team. I mean, it's... It's tremendous. It's tremendous what he's been able to do, and the man, the, the Thunder fan base is so incredibly lucky because like this doesn't happen. Like this is not normal. Like this is not normal for to have any run like this at all. I mean, even ask the Warriors. The Warriors have had this like extra long like contend contending run with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond, and it's been amazing. But ask Warriors fans what it was like to be a Warriors fan before those guys. Oh yeah, I mean it was horrible for so so long.
0: Yeah, and you you'd still say that is way worth our fandom to just have this great team for a decade. Yeah, uh, and to suffer whatever we suffered. Uh, OKC has to still to reach even the um, the first mountain, the yeah. Golden State reached. In what was it, 14 15,
4: yeah. yeah, without it, yeah, without a doubt. What they did in 2015, I mean, the Thunder haven't achieved yet what the Warriors did with yeah. the multiple championships and all of that. Like, they, they haven't, they just haven't gotten there yet. But to have an extended run like that, to have this small lull in the middle that had this like really fun Chris Paul led team in the middle where you basically went there really bad for two years, and then you get Shea. You just sit out and like list the the kinds of players that have been here. It's just crazy, but like it's it's just not normal. And a lot of it is I give a ton of credit to Clay Bennett as the owner of the team because he has basically just been funding this, leading it, and allowing Sam to be Sam, and like having the wherewithal to know and to have the and it really is kind of humility when you kind of break it down. Like to have the humility to let Sam handle the handle his business. And let Sam be Sam and and know that I don't know better because it takes an extreme amount of humility to be able to, to be as like important as he is and to be as like well-connected and wealthy and all of that as he is to be able to say like, no, like this guy knows better. And then Sam to just, I mean, Sam has just continued to kind of push the envelope when it comes to being an NBA GM and, you know, he's the one who started all the draft picks, you know for players. you know He's the one who uh, he's already starting this what I think will be a trend of taking mediocre draft picks and pushing them in the future for draft picks that have, you know a lot of upside. you know he's he's continuing to find these like little creases in places where, hey, i can I can actually help my team by doing this and it some people will look at it and be like, why are you doing this? you know but later on they'll be like, oh, I get it. Like, why do the Thunder have a lottery pick this year? They're the title favorite. Like, how do they have a? That's going. That is going to happen. By the way, like, there's yeah. a there's a high likelihood that that is going to happen. That the Thunder are the title favorite and they have a potential lottery pick coming their way. I mean, there's the way that he has it set up is the the absurdity of this is only beginning. They they have lottery pick this year, and they're really really good. But what but what happens when these guys have played in you know four years in the playoffs together and they have a lottery pick coming yeah. their way? I mean, it's it's absurd what, what has happened, and it's it's so exciting to kind of watch it unfold. Um, Michele, you got anything else before we go? I know I just kind of just rambled for a while.
0: I was just um, watching pure poetry here, um, Shay's synergy page. Like it's just That's pure. crazy. Awesomeness. Like it's all excellent and very good. Yeah. Like all of it is just, yeah, like 92nd percentile in peak and mobile handler. That is like crazy.
4: ISO. Like, What's his ISO?
0: um 91st. Yeah.
4: 1.18. 1.18 in ISO, in ISO is crazy. It is crazy. crazy.
0: And I, I want to, I kind of want to click and see who's ahead of him just to see the kind of players. They're ahead, um, yeah, I mean, Chris Dunn, whatever. Kawhi is ahead, which, mm-hmm. Nemhard, Kionte George, Bruce Brown, Brooke Lopez, RJ Barrett, um, there is your Derek, Derek White, wow. well, the attempt will not be.
4: I was gonna say the volume uh, is like, to, what about volume? Like where is he as far as volume? Yeah,
0: yeah, I was about to filter on like at least, I don't know.
4: Yeah, give me the frequency.
0: Yeah, let me filter at least fifty possessions. He yes. is third. Yeah, uh, Kawhi and and Dejante are ahead of him. Interesting. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and probably if you filter to like maybe a hundred possession, which is probably what I should do. He's probably just just Kawhi.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Kawhi's had a very impressive season. Very, very yeah. impressive season.
0: Yeah, no, it's um, still um, still below Kawhi and Dejounte Murray, but mm-hmm. you know, like to
4: be to be third and to have like the responsibilities that he has had on both ends, yeah. is is crazy. And the the way that teams scheme for him is it's tough. And it, I mean, it's things are gonna get easier for Shea because like J Dub's gonna get better, Chet's gonna get better. They're gonna bring other role players that maybe fit a little bit better next to him. Like there's. There's going to be improvements here, you know, and the Thunder are third in offense and fourth in defense right now. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, it is crazy. It is yeah. crazy that, um, that he, he has this amazing season and, and somehow on some nights he's not the main talking point, not the second one mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's there. Yeah. Yeah. he's on. We know. <laughs>
4: And it's because he just does it every single night. You know, like we're yeah. talking about Chet because he doesn't do this every single night. And it's amazing yeah. what he did. And Shea, I mean, his stat line, I mean, 36, 5, and 7, three steals in a block, 13 of 23 from the field. Yes. I mean, it's yeah, absurd. It's like, Plus 17. Whatever. You know, he's, dr- I mean, he just got to the hoop over and over and over and over and over again. I can't, I cannot wait to see him play tomorrow night. It's tomorrow night's national TV. It's great for the Thunder. Uh, it's going to be a weird, weird night because the game starts at 9 p.m. Central Time. You know, it's going to be a very, very strange night. I cannot wait for it. I guess I just can't, like, I would like to be a part of like weird things that are happening. This is definitely a weird thing that's happening in OKC where they're playing this late night. They do it again against Dallas. Um, when is that? A week from Thursday, or two weeks from Thursday? So I mean, mm-hmm. like there's a there's some some strange things happening just due to national television. But um, very excited for that. Very excited to see them play Houston. They better beat them like a drum again because it just there's just something about it. it. Just makes you feel so much better when they beat Houston. I mean, it's it,
0: Alpi. It's all Alpi.
4: Just beating Alpi. It's it's not just Alpi. There's just some Houston related stuff that just lingers. Yeah. It's just like it just it festers and it lingers and the fan bases just go at each other and you no know, it just feels you just feel better when they beat the Houston Rockets I mean that's just the way it is and they get to play them again on Tuesday so they better bring it Tuesday uh, and then they they play on Thursday against San Antonio and then they got uh, a little bit let's see what have they got a couple of days off before they play Phoenix in L A on a back to back which would be like a really good test. You know, it'd be good for them to go like take care of business against Houston, San Antonio. And then you got a couple real tests against Phoenix yeah. in L.A. And it's a back to back. It's going to be tough. Like, it's going to be tough to grab both of those. But like go split those on the road. You know, Like go do that. Yeah, I think they can do that. Um, OK, thanks so much for tuning in to. Our show, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We got some fun, exclusive content there. So, be sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel if you're watching right now, just like Too Much Thunder is, just like Rev Supercars is, just like Dustin Johnson and John Chalky Chalkley.
0: you guys,
4: Long P, Matt Hartley. Thanks so much for Michael Clampett in. on the chat. Yeah, shout out to Michael Clampett. Um, yeah yeah so be sure to tune in for that we used to we used to have people type in where they're from in the chat and that's how we would end the show we could if you have any desire to just type into the chat where you're from because we we have some listeners all over the world that listen to down to dunk that are thunder fans from from all over so if you have any desire to do that you could do that we could do that moving forward because it's kind of fun um but yeah it's It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun you know several weeks watching this Thunder team. We got OKC Northwest OKC. We've got a late night in London from Cameron. Oh my gosh, we got a San Diego. We got Saudi Arabia in the chat. Um, Too much Thunder is living in OKC, but he's from Seattle. We got Chathamus in Yukon. We got Tulsa, Nashville, Arkansas. This is crazy. Minnesota. In the chat. Come on,
0: late night in London? It's 8 eight p.m. British people. <laughs> what do you
4: know? We got yeah. Sandy in, in New York City. Sandy Clips in New York City. Oh, we got Lawton. Yeah, let's go. More people in New York. This is, uh, this is wild. So thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys are having an awesome day. Uh, we got Star Chive from Hillsdale. Hope you guys are having an amazing day. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.